how are we going to make this announcement? I, I'm not really sure. I, I feel like it doesn't. We don't have to overthink <laughs> it, do we? Listen, boys. I got this. You want to take it on solo? Well, I mean, I want you guys to be a part of it, but I want to let the people know. You're inviting me to be a part of something? Ah. Yes. Oh my gosh. I uninvite you immediately. <laughs> All right. Ladies and gents, we have some news for you. Welcome to Big Banter. Oh! We are changing the name of the pod. You spoke. We listened. A lot of people out there were saying how hard it was to find the big show. Yada, yada, yada. There's a lot of logistics that go into it. Not to mention, we just, boys, we all love the name, correct? Uh, yeah. Corey, we'll start with you. Alex, shut up. Corey. I love the name. It's easier to find for sure. Um, and it separates us because thanks to you guys, you know, like Ethan said, your voices were heard. And we have some pretty loyal fans, considering that we released an episode with audio that didn't work, and within seconds, it was told by a listener and not one of the three of us. So. Yeah, so obviously we need a lot of help from everybody. So yes, the show is going to be big banter. B1G banter on all platforms. The change hasn't been official We'll be working on it throughout this week. Maybe by the time this episode comes out, but for sure by the time the week one preview episode comes out. So there it is. The big opening, the big announcement. And with that, if you love Big Ten football, then you're in the right place. Welcome to Big Banter, everybody. Let's go. I love it. I I already love it. And, And listen, if you're a fan of the show, if you listen to the show, I want you guys to understand, we love when people interact with us. We love when people give us feedback. But even if it's like, hey, you guys sound like a bunch of Michigan homers and I hate you all. Awesome. Please tell us about that. But I, I'm dead serious. This this is because of fan feedback, first and foremost. Um, we're doing this for you guys. And, and we all, we found a name that the three of us really, really loved. And we're super excited. And guys, we're headed directly into week zero. And we've got a loaded episode for you today. Let's kick it off. Let's go. If you're a first timer, make sure you subscribe and follow wherever you're listening. And then follow us for now at Big Show Pod on Instagram and Threads. Pretty soon that'll change too. So follow us now so you can catch up on the change. Corey, say something nice to the listeners. I, I, you guys are great. Thanks. Thanks so much. And uh, even when you are interacting with us and saying, hey, you stink and your takes are bad, you're listening. So we got you right where we want you. I have a question, you- though, for each of you. Once we're like big and famous and we have sponsors, what are you going to do with your first sponsorship money check? I'm probably going to buy a jersey, but that's that's just me. Probably get a bidet. <laughs> Bro, that is an A-plus purchase. Grace and I went to an all-inclusive 
for our baby moon and they had bidets there it not in in the rooms but just in the hotel couldn't figure out how it worked i had the remote in my hand pressing every button could not get the thing to work i was so mad i was so looking forward to it i still don't know how they work and i learned that the hard way i'll let you guys read between the lines on that so i don't use them oh no that is a tough scene that is <laughs> very tough that is a tough scene if it got anywhere other than your buttocks i'm very sorry it it got anywhere else other than the buttocks oh boy okay well first piece of news besides apparently two-thirds of the show doesn't know how to work a bidet harbaugh first he was suspended then he wasn't suspended now he is suspended but it's not the NCAA suspending him. It's Michigan suspending him. So let's break this down. It's a self-imposed three-game suspension for the first three games of this year by the university, by the board. So he won't be able to coach on Saturdays. He can coach during the week, but not those first three game days, which, again, they're I mean, they're playing high school teams, basically. Like, the, the point spreads are, I think each game is like 30-plus. So it's not going to mean anything, wins or losses. But what could this potentially mean for next season? Like, why did they do this in the first place, Ethan? Honestly, I think that the biggest reasoning behind this is Michigan trying to get out in front of it and trying to prevent Harbaugh being suspended for next year's non-con because it involves Texas. And with having Texas be a part of that non-conference schedule, you have to have your head coach on the sideline there. It's branding. It's everything, right? We understand that. Like it's the the publicity, all the build up to it. Those huge non-conference games, those are your night games. Those are your games that everybody's tuned into for the first five weeks of the season because you really don't get anything else other than the great non-conference games. So for next year, especially, I think that this is just trying to get out and ha- out in front of that. And I think, honestly, this was the right thing to do. You, you've you've got to give him some sort of a, a suspension for this because the NCAA was not going to let this go. And I don't know if they even will now. They might want him suspended for the first game next year, too. They play Texas in week two, I believe, next year. So. I'm not kidding when I say that you might see a reshuffling of that to get it to the third game if he gets suspended for the first two games of next year, or they suspect he will be. But in all honesty, I think that this was just to get ahead of it, have it out of the way. And now you can just say if the NCAA does still come after you to be like, hey, look, we already suspended him, so it's time served. So I think that's kind of what we're headed towards. Yep, I agree. That's pretty much the strategy. Try to avoid any further punishment for next year. So we'll see if it works. TBD, the Committee on Infractions still has to do their thing. Next up, we're going to go to the rivals, Ohio State. They've got a QB competition that's been brewing all summer. And from all reports from camp, it's been absolutely neck and neck. And it's still true right now. So Ryan Day came out and said that this is probably going to go into the season. He took a little straw poll amongst the coaches after scrimmage number two for them, and I guess it was basically split down the middle between Kyle McCord, who is the junior, more experienced, he's had some playing time, 
And then Devin Brown, who is a sophomore, hasn't had playing time. He's a little bit more athletic, more mobile guy than Kyle McCord. So it looks like this is going to go into the season. And they don't play Notre Dame until week four. So they've got at Indiana, Youngstown State, and then Western Kentucky to kind of get this figured out before they get to Notre Dame. And us as Michigan fans, we saw this happen last year where Cade McNamara, they didn't split snaps, but Cade got the start game one. JJ got the start game two. So it obviously can work. What What's your thought process? Do you think this is a good Ohio State problem where it's an embarrassment of riches, or do you think that they're kind of struggling and it's a battle of mid-players, Corey? I hate to like forfeit the answer. I'm not forfeiting the answer, but I I think it's just time will tell. I think you'll be able to see maybe within those first few games, because the age old saying is if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have a quarterback. Well, it seemed like in the McNamara, you know, first year when they went to the big 10 championship, uh, they did the two quarterback thing about the best that they could. I have a hot take that thinking, that if they didn't, you know, keep swapping McNamara and JJ in the Michigan State game, I think you could have maybe had a different result there, um, just given with the rhythm of the offense. But that's a side thing. Um, it, it's a level of how are you going to treat this Ohio State team? We talked about this in the past. Like Ohio State won a national championship with their third string quarterback. Now there's a plethora of talent that was involved with there, but still the fact of the matter is they had a starter clear-cut starter week one that guy got hurt started the rest of the year then that guy got hurt and then they throw in a third string guy and then he was good enough to you know go for a national championship but now that was urban meyer to be fair not ryan day so a a different level of coach this is fair um and but that's why i'm saying like i guess it's a little bit of an unknown you don't know until you finally do know and you have to see this play out because no one really knew what was going to happen with the McNamara JJ thing and no one exactly knew what was going to happen at the beginning of this past year as well and then ultimately JJ just was the clearly the better player and then he took over so maybe that's what Ohio State's hoping for get in some game action and then that decision will be clear for them Um, but if they're still neck and neck after the first two games I think that's more of a problem than it is uh, a solution. My biggest concern would be as as an Ohio State fan, my biggest concern would be why is Kyle McCord not winning this job? He didn't win it in in fall camp. He has not won it in the preseason. Why? That's what I would be asking, right? Because as a Michigan fan going into last year, the difference was is you had a returning Big Ten champion quarterback coming back and the quarterback behind him was so good that it forced it into a QB battle. That is, that is the difference, right? Neither of these guys have real credible reps in college football. So my biggest concern, if, if I was an Ohio state fan, my biggest concern would be, okay, we have a junior quarterback who's been sitting there waiting behind CJ Shroud who was, you know, number two pick in the draft, obviously. Unbelievable talent there. But, I, I, man, I would, I would be kind of worried that Kyle McCord hasn't just 
solidified himself as the starter. And be, these guys were, you have to understand, both of these, these are both five-star quarterbacks, five-star recruits. And Devin was, uh, Devin Brown was a four-star recruit in his class. He was 44th overall. And then McCord was a four-star, 49th overall. So they were on the border of five-star status. I think that that's 24-7, if I'm not mistaken. That was 24-7. I do think both of them were five-stars on other sites. So look at it how you want. Look, four or five-star, they were very high four-stars, or very high four-stars, or low five-star, whatever you want to say. The fact that you have a junior player who hasn't taken that mantle, who hasn't run out there and just commanded that job, that would be the biggest concern for me. Are they both going to go out there and one of them is going to solidify themselves as the starter and, you know, make it known who that needs to be? I believe so. And I believe that Ohio State will still have a very successful season. But with the talent that they have at wide receiver, to not have that locked down going into the season, that would worry me. That that would make me feel worried as an Ohio State fan. And that, that's just me being honest. I would feel the exact same way if it was Michigan if Michigan was going through the exact same thing. So that's just kind of where I'm at with it right now. That's a super good point by you about the experience of McCord and still not being able to separate. Greg McElroy actually made the same exact point today on College Football Live. I don't feel like there's anything I need to add to the conversation. I will say I don't think it's a battle of of mid-quarterbacks. I mean, we just talked about how how good they were as recruits, like both top 50 guys. So there's talent there. I think – you know, Ryan Day might just need to choose what kind of quarterback he wants. You know, Devin Brown is a little bit more athletic, but he is younger. So is the ceiling potentially higher with Devin Brown, but maybe the decision making a little bit lower, whereas Kyle McCord's the safer option. And I'm not saying that based off of anything I've read. I'm saying, you know, just looking at the playing experience and age, that could potentially be the decision he's faced with. But I do love that we'll be able to see them both play the first week for sure, probably. And then maybe after that, because I think it's fun when these, these quarterbacks go into these competitions into the season. I do think that there will be a straight up open competition for the first two weeks. And then once you move into that third game, you cannot be flipping out quarterbacks. Um, they are on the road, correct? At Notre Dame. They are. At Notre Dame, yes. They actually yeah. start off on the road at Indiana, but it's Indiana. That's, so. that's fine, but you can swap those. You can let them both play a half in those first two games. You're traveling to Notre Dame, which is one of the most hostile environments in college football. You can't run a two-quarterback system against one of the top 15 teams in the country, most likely a top 10 team with the talent that they have. So on the road, that can't happen. You you have to have somebody picked out by week three. And they absolutely could get that figured out. I'm not slapping the panic button, people. Like, don't don't take it there. But you better have it figured out by week three. I, I have a question because it's, I guess it's the, like, what do you want sort of a thing. And we saw that with, like, the Joe Milton thing. Like, he was the guy who was making the flashy plays in in camp and in practices. And that's why he eventually got his time when he got it. So I guess the difference between the two, like, is it a question of one has more athleticism and is making the flashier play 
One is completing more passes, making the smart play. Like what, what is the value here? Like, do we get any details on that? And I guess a question for the rest of us, like, which would you rather have? Would you rather have the guy with the more athletic upside or the more like, like the not mistakes safe sort of play? I think given, see, it's kind of tough because they have so much skill that I think your first inclination is to say, just get the guy who makes smart decisions and can spread the ball around. But at the same time, they do have a couple of questions at offensive line. And you wonder if the more athletic guy might get out of trouble a little bit more. If, if you're going up against a team with some elite pass rushers, like a Penn state potentially, and you're having trouble protecting up front. So, but they, but they only know that in camp of which units been better in terms of O-line and D-line. And I don't know. I, I genuinely haven't seen enough reports from camp to know which kind of quarterback is doing what in practice. But the good news is we're going to get to see week one. All right, before we get into college football playoff predictions, we got to catch up on Big East over-under predictions because Ethan didn't make his. And if you followed along with us at all last year, you know the only one of the three of us who is worth putting your money behind their betting decisions is Ethan. The coin. So if you're going to want anyone's the, actually the coin did help Corey a lot. He almost caught me last year because of the coin, but nonetheless, you're going to want to put your money behind Ethan's over under decisions. So let's do rapid fire, big 10 East over unders top to bottom, starting with, our Michigan Wolverines sitting at 10 and a half. Ethan, over or under? The odds are heavily minused. I think it's minus 135 over 10 and a half. There is no money to be made here, people. Do not make that mistake. But I'm going over. I think Michigan will have an undefeated regular season. Ohio State, same number, 10 and a half, over under. Oh, this one is really tough for me. I, it all comes down to whether or not – see, the the fact that they have two coin flip games in there, and I, I, I do think at home against Michigan, I think that, that the advantage heavily goes to Michigan there, especially with the performance the last two years. Oh, the fact that it's 10.5, I'm going to have to take the under because they play Notre Dame on the road and they have to play Penn State. I also took the under – I didn't know you were going to do that. I love that. So that makes me really intrigued for your next pick, Penn State, nine and a half over under. Over. And that that's easy for me. I think that Penn State wins 10 games in their sleep this year. I, I think they will threaten to win both the Michigan and the Ohio State game. They get Michigan at home. That is, that's one of those games that's <laughs> – listen – as Michigan fans, we are so thankful that that is not a night game, and I'm still very uncomfortable about it. But uh, they 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 play Ohio State, and those are really the only two games that I'm worried about for them. I'm taking the over. Quick side question. Does Penn State finish second above Ohio State in the Big Ten East? Yes. My man. Maryland is up next at seven and a half over under. Uh, Maryland, the one thing that they cannot do is match the toughness of Big Ten teams in a Big Ten schedule, and that constantly bites them in the butt. For you to have a quarterback at the caliber that they do with 
Tungavailoa and your number to be at seven and a half, that tells me something. I'm sorry, under. Michigan State at five and a half. So basically, do they make a bowl game or do they not? Over, under five and a half. For me, this is my easiest over in the Big Ten East. Um, I think that there was some crazy, crazy regression with some crazy injuries last year with Michigan State. We've had these conversations. You look at their schedule. It is not hard to find six wins on that slate. The over, I think, is, again, minus 135 or something like that. But this one is actually worth taking and worth taking a look at an alternate line for six and a half for them to get seven. You're going to get plus odds on that. That is something I would definitely take a look at. I love the over for Michigan State. I think they have a definite rebound year in the sense of the fact that they return more to, you know, they're Michigan State. They're going to make a bowl game. I think they get to seven wins this year. I'm taking the over. Indiana, three and a half. Under. Love it. <laughs> I think that I think we're all in agreement on that one, weren't we? I think they only win two games. Yeah, Corey, we were also both on the under. And then I Rutgers, looked at their schedule. I'm letting everyone know I looked at Indiana's schedule. I think they win two games. Yeah, yeah. Rutgers, last one, three and a half. Over. Because they get to play Indiana. Yep. All right. So those are your picks, ladies and gentlemen. Trust the man. Ethan just take out Ethan just sounds so much more savvy than us. Like he's like breaking this down from like a fundamental. I'm taking, I can just imagine like the ESPN background noise, like the draft, like dun, 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 like all that going on when Ethan is making these picks and we're just a bunch of well, schmucks. I, I just try and think of it. I, what I try to do with over-unders and things like that is like, I try to think of why Vegas is giving you that number, right? Like for the West, we had, we had some stuff and it was like, Will this team make a bowl game or not? You know, that's the question they want to ask you. And they want to tantalize that fan base to be like, oh, of course, we're going to win. A, we're going to make a bowl game. We won the Big Ten West, like with Purdue, right? And it's like, mm. but you lost everything. So, no, you won't. But have fun betting that over. So now we get to talk about. The playoff, the last year of the four-team playoff, the thing for all the marbles. This is why these teams do this. This is why we watch. We want to see our teams get to this game. Will we have a Big Ten team? Will we have multiple Big Ten teams? Will we have three Big Ten teams? which the sicko Corey Cersina would love more than nothing. Wait, more than anything. Okay. Let's talk about it. College football playoff predictions. So let's go. Do we want to go four to one? Like each of us give our four seed. Each of us give our three. Yes. Let's do that. So we're going to go bottom to top with the reveal. And then we'll tell you who we think the national champ is going to be. And after we're done, you can decide whether or not we're homers. Okay. Okay. Let's start off. I'll, I'll kick us off. I'll kick us off with number four. Number four. I had a really hard time with, I was bouncing between a lot of teams. I was bouncing between an LSU, a Penn state, 
don't go down that road. Don't go down that road because we've all got our reasons, and you might be taking you might be taking teams away. Come on now. Okay. Actually, okay. that doesn't make any sense. You can give your reasoning. I take that back completely. I apologize. Yeah, screw you. Let me talk. I was bouncing around Penn State, LSU, Bama. You know, does someone emerge from the Pac-12? Does Texas finally come back? There were a lot of teams I was thinking about and considering here, and I think it's going to be really, really tight. But I think you look at last year, Alabama lost two really close games to LSU and to Tennessee. They get both of them at home this year. I have Alabama in the four spot. I think they're going to bounce back. I think Nick Saban is on his revenge tour, and Alabama makes the playoff again. Quit giving me thumbs down. I'm sorry, but that I I okay. I didn't expect either one of you to have Alabama in your top four. I'm just gonna say that. That's all I'm gonna say. I'm not gonna reveal anything about mine. I, I did not expect either of you to have Alabama in your top four. So that is a very surprising pick to me. So either you're mad because we stole your four seed or you're just shocked that we had the pick. So I'll go next. My number four, and I bounce back and forth between two different teams here for which team would be here. But if you're going to have two teams from the same conference, that typically means that one of them missed out on the conference championship game. But I had to go with, in this spot, a team that I think is very heavily underrated going into the season and has a massive, massive high level of talent. And that is LSU. LSU. I've got LSU at number four. I think that they have an unbelievable team. They have the fifth best odds in the country to win the national championship. And there's three teams in the SEC in the top five. And I'm not touching Alabama with a 10-foot pole. What a garbage pick. What a draft pick. You're a garbage man. (laughs) You're a garbage man. (laughs) (laughs) So you think LSU is going to go into Bama, into Bryant-Denny, and beat them two years in a row? I do. And also, Alabama's quarterback, what's his name? Doesn't matter because they're going to run the crap out of the ball. Mm, That's interesting. That's that's such an interesting rebuttal. There There is no quarterback there, and you have to have one of those to play football. My four seed, LSU. Go Tigers. You have to say it right. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Oh, I miss Coach O. There was that rumor briefly, very briefly, that he could have wound up at Northwestern. I Like, the worst fit possible, but would have been an absolute delight for sickos like myself everywhere in the country. We would be rejoicing. We would be getting the Coach O purple LSU shirts, or not LSU, excuse me, what what am I even talking about? Northwestern shirts, and we would be rocking those. Like, Alex was rocking his stupid little Northwestern long sleeve when they won 
zero games in America. Uh, what a time to be alive. All right. I've, I've gone a few different directions. And the, coming off of last year's college football playoff, having the hot take of the, of the Blue Blood Final Four with like the Notre Dame, the Alabama, things have changed. Okay. I've hinted at three Big Ten teams in the college football playoff. It just that's not going to happen because it, it media and stuff, conspiracies put on your tinfoil hat, whatever. I think the team that slides into the four spot will be will come off of the most exciting conference championship game of the year. I'm calling that right now. That's my yard card for, for, for this season. The number four seed will come from the most exciting conference final in the playoff year, playoff system. And we got to head out west because we are getting the Pac-12 back into the college football playoff, and it is going to be decided – by maybe the two most electric quarterbacks in the conference. Bro, quit stalling. Say the team. I'm picking I'm picking USC. For sheer Caleb Williams alone. The guy he's the most highly touted quarterback prospect that we're seeing this year. I think Lincoln Riley is too good of a I mean like look at his track record. What he's been to the college football playoff twice already, right? Twice with Oklahoma. Regardless of how you feel about his defensive scheme, right? The guy knows how to get in, okay? And you don't really need to play defense until you need to play defense, and you don't need to play defense in the Pac-12 like you do in the college football playoff, but that doesn't matter because you just got to get in. So I'm picking USC. I think it's going to be the most exciting conference championship game, USC, Oregon, and it's going to be like 52 to 51, and it's going to be awesome. Real quick, the reason why I did not put a Pac-12 team is because, uh, and I, I seriously think this, they might have the deepest conference in in America this year. I mean, think about USC, UCLA, UW, Oregon. Uh, uh, they have Oregon State, like everyone. They have everyone. They they're so deep, and they all play each other. Utah, <laughs> everybody. They all play each other. It's absolutely ridiculous. I I just can't see them, like, everybody not having two losses. But here's my rebuttal. We said the same thing about the Big 12 this past year, right? This is, or maybe not to that extent, but we talk about the Big 12 being a conference where they just beat up on each other, teams lose multiple games, and then the Big 12 team that represents the, the, represents the conference, the college football playoff, isn't even the conference champion. So that's how much people respected a tough, tough conference that TCU was able to get through the gauntlet, the least unscathed, and they got rewarded with a playoff bid. We're getting the Pac-12 in. I guess who gets in is up for debate. I think it'll be USC simply just because of the quarterback play. I don't think that's a horrible take at all, to be honest with you. I really don't, because I do think it's the deepest conference in football. I'm going to say that right now. I think that that... they have the potential to have five teams finish in the top 15 in the country. Love the pick. Love you going out on a limb. Uh, I, I said the same thing about the Pac-12. I think they're all going to cannibalize each other. But I could absolutely see a world 
where USC comes out of there alive. All right, my number three team, my three seed. There is a team in the ACC. There's a lot of hype building, boys. The hype train has left the station for this squad, and everyone is on the bandwagon except me. I think it's too early for Florida State. I think they got a really tough schedule. They've got LSU early in the year. They have to play Clemson. Clemson? Did someone say Clemson? Clemson is the team that I have coming out of the ACC. I think probably the most underrated move of the offseason was Dabo Sweeney going out and getting Garrett Riley from TCU. Speaking of Lincoln, his brother is now calling plays in Clemson. And Clemson, their offense struggled. They've got defensive talent. They've got pass rushers with a ton of talent, maybe not as much production, but they've got the talent that can emerge. They probably have the best linebacking group in the entire country. They've got Will Shipley, who's a, a weapon in the backfield. They got Kate Klubnick at quarterback. I think Garrett Riley is going to unleash something in Clemson. I think they are going to they're going to ruin the hype party for Florida State this year. Give me Clemson to come out of the ACC and win it and be the three seed in the college football playoff. I am so glad that you brought this up because, man, oh, man, you know, I, I take a gander and I look and I see the two teams that are supposed to be coming out of the ACC, you know, and, and the new darling is FSU. And it's like, well, you take a look at their schedule. They play LSU the first week of the season. Boys, the best matchup week one is LSU-FSU. But it's at Florida State. And I think that that is the only game on their schedule that LSU loses. is week one at Florida State. Give me Florida State Seminoles to be the number three seed in the CFP. They beat Clemson on the road. They get it done. They get it done. Last week against Florida is going to be an electric game. That's in the swamp. That's going to be a very, very hostile environment for Florida State to have to go and play in. But it will be to keep their college football playoff hopes alive. And the one loss Florida State team gets into the playoff with a chance to rematch against LSU as the 3-4 matchup. Let's go, baby. I'm absolutely rooting for it. I think it's going to be absolutely electric. I think Florida State's going to have a fantastic season. They have, I mean, honestly, when you look at it, they really only have three tough games on their schedule, unless you want to consider Pitt or Miami a tough game. I don't think they have a very hard schedule. They've got LSU, and they've got Clemson, and they've got Florida. And I think they go 2-1. and one in those games, and I think they win the rest of their games. They are your ACC champion FSU Seminoles, and they are in the playoff. I hear what you're saying, fellas. I really do. Can we can we just 
seriously take a look at the ACC this year. Tell me, who are the good teams in this conference? We just we just said their names, Clemson and Florida State. Yeah, that's it. Correct. So I think it's a really tough path for any ACC school to get into the playoff, especially if they have a misstep along the way. Not if you're a conference. If you're a one-loss conference champ in the ACC, you're getting in. That's bottom line. Well, we're going to – Especially because they're divisionless. So Clemson and FSU will probably play twice. This is fair, but let's just go from the caliber of talent in this conference. And I'm I, I'm down on the ACC this year. And I'm playing off some country bias, biases, biasy. I don't even know what the word is, but that's that's fine. I'm it's late. Give me a break. We're gonna tell a lot. And there is going to be a lot of weight, like Ethan said, from this week one matchup, the premier matchup of week one in college football. And a team that has already maneuvered its way into some top fours here. I think LSU is the three seed. And uh, spoiler, uh, we're getting two SEC schools in again, just because that's how things work, unfortunately, in this day and age that we live in. Thanks, Joe Biden's America. Just kidding. I can't get political here. And I don't even care. <laughs> I think you ever seen those you ever seen those stickers at the gas station of Joe Biden pointing at the at the price and it's like he did that. Yeah, I, I did want, that. <laughs> I, I did that. I want Corey to make one for the college football playoff when it's four SEC schools. And now here's the thing, you just said if there is a one loss ACC champion, they're not going to get left out of the playoff. How would how would a one loss ACC champion get left out of the playoff? If there's two SEC schools that are undefeated in their title game, that is exactly how, and that's what's going to happen. So LSU will have the misfortune of losing said game, um, but they will have the reward of getting the three seed in the college football playoff. Okay, okay. I, it, listen, I don't mind that. Do we need to get one of those and have it be of Kurt Ferentz? pointing at the point total for Iowa and have it be <laughs> under 25 points a game and having him say, I did that. Stop it right now. That sounds electric to me. Stop it right now. Oh my gosh. Oh, I love our picks so far. Okay. Next up the two seed. We're getting towards the top. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do any buildup. It's Michigan for me. I think Michigan uh, I technically predicted them to go 12 and 0 in the regular season. I could see them going 11 and 1 and slipping up against somebody. I've said previously I think they're more likely to slip up against someone they shouldn't than someone they should. I think they'll be dialed in and focused for the games they need to. They're super super talented and super super experienced. I don't think we need to go through all the numbers and stuff. It's been well documented what they have coming back and what they have on the roster this year. So I think they're going to be arguably more talented than every team on the schedule. So uh, that might be a bit of a hot take because Ohio State and Penn State are obviously on the schedule. But I, I don't think you can argue Penn State and Ohio State are more talented than Michigan. With what they have coming back, fifth in returning production, going to be one of the top lines in the country again. I just don't see them slipping up enough to fall out of the college football playoff. They do play in the toughest division in college football, but I have them coming out of the Big Ten East again. 
and winning the Big Ten Championship against whoever comes out of the West. So give me Michigan at number two. I wanted so badly to pick Michigan at number one to make them the number one seed. But, and this is going to give away my number one seed, but that's okay. Everyone knows what it is anyway if it's not going to be Michigan. Georgia plays at Tennessee the second to last week of the season. And that's it. That is their schedule. I mean, you look at their schedule and, oh my goodness. They do have to play at Florida in late October, which I suppose could be. And Tennessee... Tennessee might not even be that great. Like, let's not forget that they're replacing Hendon Hooker and Jalen Hyatt. And also, isn't like the whole point of the Florida Georgia game? It's at like a neutral site. It's like at like the Jacksonville or like some. It's like the Florida Georgia line game. So that's like that's not even a true road game. Every year, yeah, every year they do that. So I just I can't. And they get they get to play Ole Miss at home. Don't try and. Don't try and feed me that. Like, their schedule is just soft as absolute Charmin. They're the entirety of their schedule. So at number two, I have Michigan. However, I want to make this caveat. If Michigan goes undefeated into the playoff, just because of the caliber of opponent alone, because your previous success should have nothing to do with how you are ranked in this current season. Michigan should go in as the number one seed. I will just say that, but I'm going to put Michigan at number two. Shoulds and everything like that. Like, yeah, that's nice on paper, but in reality, will that happen until, until given a reason? Otherwise, I don't think we can make that assumption, but don't worry, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be on the ledge. I'm not gonna be this, the pessimist again. Michigan's gonna be the number two seed. They, I, I, they're just they're too loaded. They've brought back too much talent. There, I, I think that the secret sauce. I don't think there's a tighter knit group in college football than this incoming Michigan team. I think you've got all of these coming. I think you have all these seniors coming back, or Blake Corum and these key players. You finally figured out the quarterback thing. And then hearing the interactions between players and Harbaugh, and maybe this is just because we're fans and we follow this more closely, like these guys would die for this man, all right? And now that you have an official three-game suspension, maybe that creates an artificial chip on their shoulder as well. Like people are out to get us, all this stuff. So I think everything is going to be gridlocked, unfortunately. Because I think very rarely do you see a team, and this will give away for my number one as well, but I think we're all on the same page there as well. If you see a team start as the preseason number one and then they run the table and do what they're supposed to do, bearing something completely unexpected and out of the ordinary, they rarely lose that ranking. So I think the back and forth, it will be an exciting back and forth. You'll get your Southern Georgia school you'll get your Northern Michigan and that's going to be the two heavyweights that everybody's crossing their fingers and hoping face each other in the national championship. But Michigan, my number two, I think they're just a real special group that we're getting to see. uh, And I hope it pans out for them. So spoiler alert, 
clean sweep Georgia's number one for the three of us. Ethan said it. The schedule is too soft and the talent is too much. They are going to go 12-0. and They're going to go 12-0 and into the SEC championship game. So no matter what happens there, they're getting in. We could play quarterback for this team right now. And we could, we, we could cakewalk through this thing. I mean, I've got the best arm on. I'm just kidding. I don't. I popped my UCL. Um, but this, the, the, the schedule is a joke. And I'm, I, Ethan said it. I think we're all in agreement. They don't play a game until November. At all. And I want to point out, too, that people keep, rightfully so, criticizing Michigan for their non-conference schedule. When are people going to start talking about Georgia's entire schedule? I mean, it because is so much worse. They play, they play in the SEC West. Is that right? Or is it the East? I'm not going to lie. I can't remember the off the top of my head. It's the East. It's the East. I'm sorry. They play in the SEC East, which is literally like before Tennessee got good, a garbage garbage conference it has okay so it's florida and Georgia. wait no is tennessee in the east tennessee is yeah. tennessee's in the east so you have tennessee florida and georgia and florida's not any good right now i i mean that that is if you want to talk about like something akin to the big 10 west aside from the fact that they have Georgia, which is like the best team in the country, there is that, that conference is devoid of talent, but it, yeah, their, their schedule is just yikes. I mean, they're non-con. They play Tennessee, Martin, Ball State, UAB. I mean, what are we doing? So let's then, fast they, forward. They finish up the schedule with Georgia Tech, that great old rivalry. So let's fast forward then. We've got championship picks to make. So my semifinal matchups are Georgia versus Alabama, rematch of the SEC championship game. I'm going to have Georgia winning that one again. And my 2-3 matchup I'm very excited about if this were to actually happen. Michigan-Clemson. You've got Clemson that's been the more prominent power over the last five to six years. And you've got Michigan emerging recently, but trying to get over the hump. I have Michigan beating Clemson in that game. And so for the championship, a rematch of two playoff semifinals ago, Michigan playing Georgia, the one seed and the two seed. And call me a homer all you want. I believe in this team. They have what it takes. It's just a matter of the focus and the preparation. So I'm picking Michigan to win the whole dang thing, and I will pee my pants if it happens. I know this this sounds absolutely crazy, right? But just hear me out. My 2-3 game is Michigan-FSU. I think FSU is is getting there. I think Michigan is the more talented team. I really do worry about the quarterback play at FSU. They're, they're super talented. But the running backs and the skill across the field is what makes me feel like Michigan wins that game and finally gets over the hump 
and makes it to the national championship game. Michigan beats FSU in the 2-3 matchup. Now, the 1-4, and we might have something that we've never seen before, and this is my prediction. I think you, you see the SEC championship rematch as the 1-4 game. They play each other, and then guess what? You've got to play each other again. Sorry. That's just the way it works. You've got Georgia and LSU as your 1-4 matchup. And I think LSU loses in the SEC championship game, but they come back and they win in the playoff. And you get the four beating the one. It is Michigan and LSU in the national championship game. Go blue, baby. Michigan brings it home. Your national champions. And how poetic that Ohio State wins the first ever college football playoff when it goes to four teams. And Michigan wins the last of the four-team playoffs. Michigan closes out the four-team playoff era with a national championship. A completely undefeated 15-0 team. And Michigan wins it. Corey. What are you going to do? Are you going to make it three for three? I don't want you to change your picks. Whatever you've picked before you heard us, you are sticking with it, my man. Whatever's on the paper or in your mind, you are sticking with it. But what are you going to do? I'll start 1-4 because that's the game I think we'll get first. I think Georgia's reign of terror and then also their lack of difficult scheduling will finally come and bite them in the butt once they face a talented team. Yes, they don't play defense, but if we learned anything from last year's semifinal is that if you've got a team that comes in guns a-blazing and you have a field goal kicker that can kick a field goal at the strike of midnight, then, you know, Holy smokes, you might be able to come out with a W. I think Caleb Williams is just going to be too electric for Georgia. And I think USC shocks the world and beats Georgia in the semifinal. And now all of the, USC. USC. All of the ESPN producers are salivating at the mouth because, oh, we've got, we've got a blue blood, big dog, L.A. market team that's coming through. And then that leaves you with the 2-3 matchup with LSU and Michigan. Third time getting there, getting closer each time. I just, I just think I, – I want to believe. I want, I want to believe. I really do. I think they get over the hump. I, I, they're too focused. They, they'll win the Big Ten again. And they'll be like, we want more. We're not settling for this. They'll come in inspired. They'll come in playing the same game plan that got them to that. Not changing up anything. Not having the moment too big. I think Michigan, and honestly, I don't think it'll be close either. Michigan beats LSU. I think Corum and Edwards will just be way too much. Then you get to the national championship game. 
the two four. I want to believe. I want to believe. I want to believe. And I can just see it. Harbaugh lifting up that weird, long-looking golden trophy. And just like the the weight of every, just we'll just go the state of Michigan sports fans, except if you're a Sparty. Sorry about it. Um, just the weight lifted off their shoulders because finally the mountaintop has been reached. I think Michigan, if they don't do it this year, it's going to be decades before they get another shot. They got, they got, somebody's got to do something in this town and it's going to be the Michigan Wolverines. Let's make it a clean three for three sweep. Yes, he did it. He did it. I'm so proud of you, Corey. I can't believe it. The pessimistic of all pessimistic Michigan fans. I'll give you. I'll give you an actual reasoning. I think <laughs> Michigan's toughness will again show because then you have. I mean, JJ's a talented quarterback, not as talented as Caleb, but um, I think everything else will just be. I think defensively, that matchup is a nightmare for USC. Yeah. They have they have an absolute electric factory at quarterback, and I will not deny that in Caleb Williams. But I think it's nightmarish. Uh, I would love for that to be the national championship game. I am. I mean, thinking of playing LSU with the talent that they have on defense, they have the the best, and I mean the best defensive end in the country on that team, and that terrifies me and then so and then can we can can this be the year where the the narrative of the sec is just light years ahead of everybody just ends getting two in the two in the champ or two in the college football playoff and then them both not performing well can we can can that be killed can we can we just no no it it won't can i dream even if even if you can but even if even if they get the one team in and that one team is Georgia and they lose in the first round. No, it'll still be, Oh, but Alabama will be back next year. Georgia already made the playoff and they won back to back. No, it's not going away after. And, and honestly, rightfully so they have dominated the college football playoff in its existence aside from Clemson. I'm I'm talking, I'm talking about like, when we think about two teams in the college football playoff, or I guess it won't exist anymore, but that's fine. But like the overarching thing is the SEC is better. Can we can we just put that to bed, please? Especially with the the expansion. I, I want I want to say yes to you, but my answer is no. I don't think that I don't think that narrative is going anywhere. Just say yes, please. And I'm sorry. Uh, no. Well, there you have it. It's a clean sweep for who the champ is. We've all got Michigan. I've got Michigan over Georgia. Ethan has Michigan over LSU. Corey has Michigan over USC. I honestly, our one and two picks are all the same, which is, I wish they were different, but there's no reason for them to be different right now. I love our three and four picks because like, I've got Clemson. Ethan's got Florida State. Only one of those two can do it. I've got Bama. Both of you have LSU. Only one of those two can do it, assuming Georgia does what they need to do. And then Corey's got the flyer out of the Pac-12 and USC. This college football scene is going to be so fun to watch. I feel like 
last year and this year are going to be prime examples for why we need an expanded playoff because there's a lot of contenders in here, man. Like we could legitimately have a playoff without the best player in college football and Caleb Williams. That's how good all these teams are. And that's how deep it is right now at the top. This is going to be great. And boys, think about this. The next time we record, we're doing a week one preview. Week one preview is our next episode. It is here. We get to watch college football this weekend, week zero. And then the Big Ten starts up on August 31st on a Thursday night. And then Saturday, it's a full slate, baby. I cannot wait. Ladies and gentlemen, we appreciate you so much for listening. We have a quick announcement here to make at the end. And it's a pretty big one. We will be shifting to a bi-weekly release of episodes. You're going to get shorter format. No, no, no. Twice, twice a week. Bi-weekly is every other week. I'm so sorry. You silly goose. I apologize. I apologize. You are going to be getting two episodes a week. They're going to be shorter format. They're going to be cut down. They're going to be about 30 minutes each, somewhere in that range. Don't hold us exactly to that, but somewhere in there. Maybe 45. Maybe 45. Somewhere in there. But you are going to be getting two releases a week from us. Our first episode of the week is hopefully going to be either on Monday or Tuesday release every week and that is going to be a recap of the previous week's action everything that happened so you get that right after the games right you get that first thing in your week and then we are going to have a secondary release that comes out either on thursday or friday and that is going to be previewing the next week's game so you're getting two episodes a week from here on out this is the last time where we we will be doing for the season. This is the last time you'll be hearing one solid episode. After this, it is two weekly episodes. So keep your notifications turned on. Subscribe. Listen, if you give us five stars, you can leave a review that says we all smell like poop. Okay? I don't care. You can you can leave a review. Give us five stars and say, you know what, that Ethan guy, honestly. Obvious, the, the worst voice I've ever heard on a podcast. I will love you for it. And I will heart your comment. Everything that Ethan said. I second that. Except about his voice. I love his voice. Only only if you leave five stars, then you can say bad things about us. That's the deal. That's the deal here. Oh my gosh. we are. If you can't tell, we're very excited. We are glad you are here. And we've glad, we're glad you found us. So stick with us for the season. Because it's going to be freaking awesome. So thank you for listening. Follow us on Instagram and threads at Big Show Pod. Soon to be some sort of big banter thread or big banter handle. But make sure you check in next week for week one preview. College football is here, everybody. It's what we've been waiting for. We love you. We'll talk to you.